Welcome to the She Wolf Podcast with Raquel and Sarah. Real talks to real toxic, where nothing is left off the table. Welcome everyone to week three of the She Wolf Podcast. This is Sarah. And I'm Raquel. And we are really excited about this topic that we decided to discuss this week because it's something as creatives that Raquel and I have both gone through, worked through, and are still working through. So do you want to introduce our topic? Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk a lot about creativity and um, what it is to be a creator and how to find creative inspiration and also um, how to get out of kind of creative funks, which naturally happens in life, happens all the time to me. I don't know if it happens to you, Sarah, sometimes, but there are times where I'm uninspired. And I think I've gotten a grip of what um, actually, at least my own reasonings for uninspiration. If uh, if you've ever been there, it's painful when you are a creative person, but uh, there's a lot of tricks that you could do to get yourself back into the flow. Yeah. So, I mean, we have enough of our own tricks that I would love to share. Some of it being moving, right? Some of it being um, even just getting out of your comfort zone. Like for me, I'm not a painter or an artist in that way, but I sometimes will just take out paint and start drawing and challenging yourself to try things that are outside of your comfort zone, for me at least, is a really good way to practice um, my creativity and really letting the outcome of whatever is going to come out, come out. There's It's a lot of trust, right? And that process is um, just letting it happen. Yeah. I mean, for me, creativity is kind of my whole existence, right? Like owning a business is amazing, especially because, you know, there's no one else on it. It's just me. I could be uh, as creative as I want, try things out. I feel like when you have partners, it made it a little difficult to be creative. But um, I mean, I was always creative regardless. But now that it's just kind of like my canvas, I could do whatever it is that I want. And then anything that I'm doing, uh, I'm excited about because I'm creating it for myself. I feel like I give you a lot of credit, Sarah, because she creates websites for other people. So <laughs> I have no idea how you do that because I am not one. I usually create for myself. So I'm a selfish creative, uh, if that's even a thing. But I don't usually create for other people. I create for other people to enjoy things, but not necessarily for other people to um, use, right? Like if you're having a website, they're using that for the rest of their business, um, you know, endeavors. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. What is your experience creating for others? Well, I love that question because it actually is tapping into two different types of creativity. So going into website creating, I have a process for working with a client that kind of happened naturally, but I turns it into like a process that I use every time now because it works. So what I do is I have them prepare their content, but when they gather their content, I have a mandatory brainstorming call where we hop on and we review everything that they've given me. And then I come with my ideas based on like what should be on a website, of course. And um, from there, just me talking to them, they also fill out a brand discovery form that I created because it allows me to tap into them. So that's for me where my magic happens because I like to connect to the human and whatever psychic <laughs> process happens in that where I'm literally tuning into like their vision and extracting what they would do if it were them creating the site. But um, they just, of course, haven't taken the time, which they don't have to, to actually figure out the program. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my cat has to be involved in this constantly. 
it's perfect. <laughs> it's okay. We love Nala. Um, yeah, so I found a way to tap into the person. That's all I can say. And from there, there is a block sometimes when I actually sit down to do the project. I've even vented to you. I'm like, I have these two projects coming up. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And the only way I ever escape that block is to just open the blank slate and start. So there is a massive trust in that because you just got to try things, you know, like not be afraid to make mistakes, which we're going to get into perfectionism because that is a massive battle of mine. But releasing that wall, that brick wall that we put in front of ourselves of like an expectation or like it has to be perfect and just putting it to the wind and just saying like, okay, I'm going to try this, try that, and then throw this spaghetti to the wall and see what sticks. And that's, that's my process. And it, just ends up working out. I don't know. I'm not going to. Is gonna that the saying? Throw the spaghetti to the wall? <laughs> Heard this thing before. It works in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a thing? Oh my God, my mic just flew out. Hold on. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's like, it's, you know, it's crazy because I would get more creative blocks having to create for another's image because mm -hmm. I know what I like. Like, I feel like creativity comes from authenticity, right? Yeah. So I know I would always, I, I would be probably the worst, you know, website designer because I would always create it the way I would want it, mm -hmm. right? Not the way the person would want it. So they would just fire me right away because it <laughs> no. would be weird and abstract <laughs> and, right? But, you know, for me, creativity is... Um, it's like you have to be authentic in order mm -hmm. to be creative, I think. And this is why children are so creative. Nobody's telling them what they need to be. As a child, a lot of times, um, you know, before you get imprinted, let's say, you're just so free in your expression. And mm -hmm. the minute you start comparing, right? So maybe you get at that age where you're on the phone and you're seeing what other people are doing or uh, the minute that you feel like you have to be something uh, in order to be accepted, then I feel like creativity is lost, right? So this is something that I've been really thinking about that the only, I mean, all my practices my whole life has been to tap into your authentic self, thank mm -hmm. God, because it kept me creative throughout the years. The minute you have to be something that you're not, or you feel like you're doing it um, to get someone else's approval, like to filter, right? Like someone has to filter your expression and then you feel like it's a valid creative um, endeavor, right? But to really be creative, it's just a matter of like throwing spaghetti to the wall. <laughs> that, I have no idea if that's saying, right? But to really be creative, you have mm -hmm. to actually um, not really give a shit what other people think or yeah. how other people are going to perceive it. And of course, it's subjective, right? Some people will love your art. Some people... I've created things sometimes and I think everyone's going to love it. And it's just like mute, like it's just crickets. And I'm like, damn, like nobody liked that. And then sometimes the most unexpected thing everyone gravitates towards. So mm -hmm. creativity to me is really being authentic in yourself. So I give you credit that you can be authentic and still actually deliver a product. Cause I think that's really difficult to do. It's funny because I am really making the site what I think it should be. So it really is my art. And I'm just yeah. like taking their little tidbits and putting it in. But yeah, I mean, usually I hit the nail on the head, thank God. But there are people that don't like it. And they're like, hey, I wasn't thinking that. Like, can you go this route? And then you adjust. So it's, again, that freedom of just trying something and hoping they like it. And if they don't, you just fix it. You know, so that's, of course, when you're being commissioned to do something for somebody else. But I love the topic of authenticity because there is a huge part of this creative process that needs to be wow. and I don't give a shit what people think but in that space you're also have to recognize that we are attracting the people that we're meant to attract by being our authentic selves so when we're trying to be somebody else you're 
falsely attracting the wrong community because when it comes down to that mask being taken off the you're only going to have so much content copying somebody else so if you're authentic from the start and put out what you believe what you aesthetically like then you're going to attract the people that also like that and now you have your authentic community that you can build and proceed with forever because we have our own creativity that is limitless right so if we're Mm. authentic then we will always have content and copy and imagery and everything um forever because it's limitless yeah it's funny i saw this post recently on on instagram and this girl was really angry because somebody took her manual or teacher training manual and just for yoga and um they just blatantly copied it and started teaching from that training manual and she was so angry and you know all i thought was obviously that happened to me with dharma yoga wheel which we'll go into another time but um I've been in that position where people just take your content, they run with it, and they just kind of elaborate on it and sometimes even make it better than when you started it, right? Um, In some ways, they make it better if they're creative, right? But for the most part, it lacks in depth, though, when I feel like it's taken. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say um, someone takes my teacher training and they don't really understand, like, why I wrote the words that I wrote or they don't have the experience with it or they don't have the stories with it. It's always going to fall flat, right? Unless they add themselves into it, of course. Like, that's where, you know, people could take something and expand upon it. But for the most part, it, you know, and this is what I I said to the girls, like, don't even worry because half the time anyways, it falls flat when somebody copies you, right? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody copies exactly what you did to the T and doesn't change it to mold into their authentic selves, then it gets lost in translation anyways. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, right. They always say like, oh, it's flattery when someone copies you, copies you right from afar. Yeah. It's flattery. If it's too close to you, it's definitely annoying. Of course. (laughs) Right. But that, you know, kind of finding that, uh, creative, you know, really being yourself and creativity instead of constantly copying somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like I think creativity um, is authentic. I don't think that like, of course, you're taking from different parts of the universe of things that exist, right? There's things in the universe that exist, like this microphone exists and, you know, different things and you kind of piece it together. But uh, authenticity is really knowing the things that you like and then putting it together, not putting it together because you think people are going to like it or somebody else really vibed with it. And, you know, right. Like you're not th- thinking about other people. You're thinking about like, what do I like? What is, yeah. what do I need for my palette? Like, I'm not going to paint a picture and paint it, let's say like red and blues when I hate those colors, you're going to do it pinks and yellows or, you know, whatever it is that vibes with you, but not because mm-hmm. someone else is going to like it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really great to just dive into trying Um, so much, especially now social media, it it fueled and also killed creativity simultaneously, because we are comparing at the same time, but also people that are open to be creative are so creative and have an outlet. So it's both sides of the spectrum and maybe analyzing ourselves to see where we lie within that. And removing that expectation because I'd rather look at somebody else who's killing it and say, wow, good for you. I'm so glad you found your niche and your thing and you're sharing that with the world. But I would never want to copy that because again, like we we can't speak on what somebody else has in their heart. So finding what's in my heart and what could I share with the world? And for me, like websites, you know, I'll speak on that. It's more of the reason I started that business was because I saw what I thought was lacking. Maybe nobody else thought it was lacking. I thought 
the industry was lacking affordable quality websites with aesthetic. And so I felt that that's what I wanted to speak on and what um, service I wanted to offer the world. So, yeah, I really do hope people can find their own creative outlet because it's so beautiful and it's also an energy release. Like it's this beautiful freedom, like your heart is open, dancing, yoga. Like I love personally moving my body or even meditating stillness. Like there's so many sides of the spectrum and so many different avenues and ways you can approach creativity, but kind of finding your thing or finding what you need to be creative about and what will help support that before doing an art project of just sitting there and honoring the project and just like opening the floodgates and allowing whatever comes forward to come forward. Um, but removing that, that veil of expectation, I think is really step one, because if we're creating to perform and please and hope for validation and reaction and this and that, it's never going to fully come out to its full expectation. There needs to be, um, it's full potential, I should say. It really should just be from a place of like, I want to share and whoever likes it, likes it. If I get one like, great. If I resonate with a bunch of people, even better. But um, I do believe there's so many people on this planet and there's so much potential to connect with whoever you're meant to. And I mean, there really should be um, authentic intention behind it too, right? To, I don't know, share, spread love. That's really, it always comes down to love, right? I just don't want to copy something that like somebody else did already. I think it's boring, right? Yeah. It's, if it's done, it's already done. Like it's, it's already out there. So how could you spin it and change it? And I think that speaks to like a true creative person. It's mm -hmm. like when somebody, let's say like, let's say somebody like has the same outfit as me. Right. And one day, and I'm like, I got to get rid of that outfit. Like, I'm like, I'm over <laughs> it. Somebody else already, like they copied me. Like I'm over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's always been kind of like wanting to be outside the box, not wanting to be and do and achieve what other people are achieving. It's like, no, I need to make it. I have this like desirable thing inside of me that I'm constantly like, all right, I need to make this my own. I need to do this myself. Um, but, you know, it comes down to, I think what happens, there's this quote by Tesla. Uh, he tes yeah, Tesla. Uh, he says, I don't care that they copied my idea. I care that they have none of their own. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's true. Like you could copy ideas all that you want, but some people don't have that portal to tap into their own creative powers. And honestly, it comes from letting go. And it also comes from a deep place of being really raw with yourself, like just knowing who you are and the things that you like and just trusting in that too. Like the things that you like, of course, other people may not like it, right? And that you have to be strong enough in yourself to receive that energy. If people don't like things that you like. A lot of times we change and we mutate to make other people like us, but no, screw it. Like you let it out and you see um, see the response and then you change if you feel like it your point hasn't come across right there's always different ways to communicate and that's where everyone should change right like there should always be this bending in your communication like let's say if I wanted to describe sadness in a painting and for some reason it didn't translate everyone was like oh that person's happy I'd be like all right I gotta change the way I painted that <laughs> like the, it's not coming across you know, properly. And mm -hmm. then you learn how to refine your art in order to communicate the message that you want. But at the same time, you don't really have to communicate it the way everyone needs to. Sometimes it is more abstract, you know, depending on your art form. But um, the idea of art is to create is to create and communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Some kind of feeling. I feel like if 
you know, creation is should follow up with some type of emotional pull. And if it doesn't, then um, I think it's boring creativeness in my personal point of view. Like I want to feel moved by it. I want like I want to cry by something. I want to be angry at something. And that's to me, that's what makes a true artist. If they can move and inspire and kind of um, mutate the way my emotions were like in it's like watching a good movie. If mm -hmm. I get angry during a movie or like I'm mad or I'm like, don't go there. Like you're kind of like, right, you're involved in it. Then to yeah. me, that's great art. But mm -hmm. if it's like you're just kind of you have no feeling about it, then it's just something that's probably been done already too, because if it's been done already, you're not going to have an emotion. You already had an emotion within the first place. So, you know, the question is, how do you tap into that space? How do you tap into creative space? And, um, you know, Sarah, like, let's, I want to hear your process and then we'll go through mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it requires the artist to be vulnerable, right? We get that. And also there is a space of tapping into compassion empathy, sympathy, no matter what form of art you're doing. So you can call it acting, but not really. So whether it's dance, whether it's art, whether it's what I'm doing, you have to um, tap into a space of, say, if it is sadness or grief, you have to go back to a place. Actors do this, right? And that's how they're able to make real tears. They tap into a place of when they were sad. And so you have to really be vulnerable and willing to feel that emotion again for it to be able to communicate and portray in that moment and that's really where the beauty is um you can hear it when somebody's singing when they are singing about something sad and they're sitting there like smiling and laughing and i'll use a really good example um you can relate to this one billy eilish <laughs> her music at the beginning because she was very depressed you felt every single emotion that she went through and that's why she connected to millions of people all over the world because she was willing to communicate her authentic feelings that other people considered a topic you shouldn't talk about, whether it was um, offing yourself or, you know, like all these terrible like emotions that nobody really wants to talk about or feel she was willing to talk about because she said it had to be talked about. She went through her healing. We saw her in concert and we didn't feel the same emotion that we were expecting to feel because she had already been through that. And so um, whether she was nervous or like didn't really tap into those emotions fully because they're scary to go back to that's my microphone sorry um whether they're scary to go back to because those were real raw emotions that she felt and and wrote about and sang about um it wasn't the same it didn't hit the same and you know and you and i were like oh it was good you know the concert was good of course we love her songs but it didn't feel as deep as the reason why we connected with her in the first place and so that's where finding that emotion again it's it's a a pain point for an artist you know you have to really be willing to relive a moment over and over rawly and then that rawness when you have a listener or a watcher they feel your heart open and ex expanded and ripped open and that's where they're like that's what i'm feeling so that's where you're attracting the right person right because like i'm feeling that too this is helping me right now yeah, there comes a time. It's funny in the beginning of art, I think when I was younger, like writing music, especially, mm -hmm. I always wrote from a place of sadness. And then yeah. there comes a point where maybe you're not so sad anymore because you've overcome those hurdles, mm -hmm. right? Like like Taylor Swift writes from like every heartbreak that she's had, right? There <laughs> comes a point. Magic. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know what? Every song, like, oh, this is about Jake Gyllenhaal. That one's about like <laughs> Dear John is obviously yeah. about um John Mayer, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, there comes a point, and then there comes a point sometimes in your art where you lose that inspiration because you move through that that obstacle, right? So art has evolution as well. And I remember reading this Osho book about creativity, and he talks about that we have to move uh, in creativity beyond your emotion. So move into a place of like God realization. And that hit me hard because to find that inspiration without emotions, I think that was the hardest hurdle in my creative process because everything, especially as like a teenager, right? You're just like sad all the time. You want the boy that doesn't want you. (laughs) There's always like this drama, you know, somewhere you don't fit in or there's like always something to pull from. And then when you like, I remember leaving high school and being like, I don't give a shit anymore. And then my art just like disappeared. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not, I'm like, where is it going to come from? And reading Osho so young, thank God gave me some inspiration of the other place to find it and how to find art in peace. And also how to, how to kind of um, make it interesting, even when things are feeling good. Right. So that, you know, some people may be at that level where it's like they're no longer emotional, especially if you've practiced a lot of yoga, right? There comes a point mm-hmm. where you're just like, I'm not as emotional anymore. So where am I going to find it? And that's from God inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there may be a lull because you're changing where you source that that power from. But it's infinite when you finally get there. You realize that this power, this vast void, you know, just waiting for the inspiration to come. And this is going to tie into the next thing I'm going to speak about because you have to keep showing up, right? So let's say you're a writer, right? And you don't have inspiration and like before you go to sit down and write. So what happens is you go, I don't want to write today. There's no way, you know, I'm not going to do it. And then you block yourself. But actually the best thing to do is to sit down and just to wait and to clear your space, Mm -hmm. clear your head, clear everything. And in this void, allow things to start to download and to trust it and just start typing, talk about anything, even if it's not on the subject that you wanted to talk about, right? Like if you're writing a mystery novel and let's say the mystery is not coming out, start writing about, let's say like a subway, you know, or Mm -hmm. just, or like where you went during the day. And I promise you the, the wheels will start turning, but it's the moment that you stop and you just distrust the process. And the process is in that void. That's where you're going to find it in that emptiness. So you have to empty your mind to allow the creativity to drizzle down, you know, through wherever it comes from and then start to express it. But I think, um, you know, it's a little more advanced, but that's somewhere that you could really find your creative process is learning how to empty and then allowing to come in instead of controlling it with your emotions, mm-hmm. right? Like the emotions are driving the creativity, allow the emptiness first and see what happens, right? Because I'm pretty sure like Sia, when she's writing songs about a chandelier, she's not going in there like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, like thinking about chandeliers. It just happens. Yes. It just drops down into her. And not expecting a masterpiece every time, leaving yeah. so much room to fail and suck that mm-hmm. okay so we can get into perfectionism if you want next because yeah, that is the space to be in to not the expectation again let it the fuck go like you don't need the expectation having that blank slate that blank piece of paper that blank word doc that your own face staring at your own self in the video camera you know like let it go and whatever flows like 
everything's digital. You can delete it. It's okay. If it's a piece of paper, you can rip it up and burn it if it makes you feel better. Just try, see what comes out. If it's a masterpiece, great, but it's not going to be a masterpiece every time. X any artist. Like you can tell them, oh, until you got to that, even the Mona Lisa, like what did you do for the hundred pieces of art before you got to the Mona Lisa? You know, like it's, it's skill and experience, of course, but paired with like just letting go and seeing what is going to come out. Well, that's another topic too, like uh, within this is finding your, so fine tuning your art form. So let's say you want to be a musician. It's very important. It's not necessary, but I think it's important to learn the foundation Mm -hmm. because you have more options, right? So nowadays everyone just wants to be an expert without doing the work, right? So they want to be an expert, let's say in yoga, and they want to be creative right away. And sometimes I'm like, wait, like start with the foundation. First, learn this form and repeat it a thousand times, right? Because in the beginning of any process, um, you know, the most important, I think when you have a foundation, when you learn foundational stuff, it just gives you more, more ideas and more Mm -hmm. things to pull from. So, I see it all the time. Like beginners just want to be experts. They want to create. And I do still encourage creativity. I encourage that mind to be curious, but I more encourage foundation and not foundation where you're stuck in it, where it's like, it has to be this way, but where you learn, like, let's say you're playing guitar, right? Play the scales over and over again, right? Like, play them until they're second nature because you don't want to think in creativity. You want it to be open and fluid. So Mm -hmm. I think part of what's happening um, where people get creative blocks is because they don't know enough about the subject that they're going into. As an acupuncturist, I need to first learn my foundation before I could start being a creative acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, maybe you're copying the teacher, their form, right? Not who they are, but the form of what they're doing. (laughs) You're learning, right? Kind of, okay, Mm -hmm. I have to do this. And then you repeat techniques over and over and over again until you understand them. And then after that, 10 years, 20 years down the line, creativity really starts to happen. So this is a natural progress of any, um, any mastery level, you know, art form, but I don't know. I feel like it's missing nowadays. Everyone just wants to be at Z, but not realizing it may take 10 years to get there. Um, it doesn't mean you're not creative along the lines, but really creativity comes when you have a larger palette. Right? If I only have like four colors as an artist, it's much harder for me. I mean, unless you know how to mix and everything, right? But like, it's much harder to create a very dynamic painting. But if I have mm-hmm. a thousand different colors and I know how to use them, Yes. Forget it. But a true artist anyways can need two colors and make a really good painting. But that's a whole other. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. Not a true artist, but a true master. Yes. But, you know, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but at the same time, I hope this is coming across where you have to have foundation and whatever it is that you're doing. If you're going to be a good writer, then know how to write. Know, right, how to change your words and how to be poetic. That's my take on it. Absolutely. And it's also finding the reason for the creativity. If we are being creative for the the sake of being creative and I would definitely encourage just like pulling out a piano and just clinking on the keyboards you know that's just to see what comes out for funsies like there's that to just explore life and have fun with life and then there's if you want to like take it and make it a career start selling it like you do need to have definitely a level of mastery in order to progress and separate yourself so but I mean like for me I I dance my whole life I went to like a local studio I suck at dancing I do it for me in my house you know like and that helps me open my creative doors but 
I'm not sitting here opening a dance studio or like putting videos online. Like that's just me personally. But um, yeah, it just depends on what your intention is regarding being creative. But if it's for fun, I definitely encourage just like trying anything and everything, whether it's art, music, physical movement with your body. Um, but when it's taking it to that next level, not expecting that instant gratification, like you said, it's really, you have to put the work in. Like there's a lot of musicians that whether they start in elementary school at age eight and take it for the rest of their lives, or if they start at three because their parents put them in lessons, like they're doing this when you see their end result for at least 20 years, you know, like that's a long time to practice for hours and hours a week for your entire life. And so when people see an end product and something that they wish they were, it's not saying you can't do it. You're just behind and that's okay. If you start now at age like 35, maybe you'll be a master musician in 10 years, you know, like we're going to pick it up faster, obviously that we're older um, and different comprehension. But I think if you're going to try something that you wish that you could have done when you were younger, having a realistic expectation of how much work that you're going to need to put into it, but not saying not to try. Yeah. I like also as well, it's finding like finding your creative voice, even if you're working at an art skill, doesn't mean that the foundation is rules that you can't break. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to break rules to be creative and different. Yeah. And that foundation is vital, but it's not absolute. And Mm -hmm. that is something to think about too, right? Knowing how to break rules mindfully and skillfully, that's part of mastery, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing like when to add in a random flat that didn't go in the scale, right? That's like, that's very advanced kind of technical Mm -hmm. stuff, but, um, you know, or even like, what's that guy's name? Post Malone, right? His vibrato is super random, right? It's like that, I don't know, it's like this quivering weirdness, but it makes him him, right? Mm -hmm. That's his authentic flair. So of course, the rule of vibrato has a much smoother kind of, you know, like fluctuation. But when he does it, it's like this, it's almost like uncomfortable, but it makes sense for him. And he never got rid of that. And that's what makes him, that's what separates him from everyone. So we'll all have these personality quirks that, that is what you keep. That's part of your authentic you. Doesn't mean you have to clean that up and be mm-hmm. perfectionist in that, but it also doesn't mean that you lose the foundation, right? You don't like, you know, okay, this exists. There's a foundational aspect to vibrato, but you know what? I'm going to keep what I am doing, right? I'm not going to change that. Even if a voice teacher tries to correct you, it's like, no, no, no this, what make, this is what makes me stand yes. out. This is what makes me sound different. But mm-hmm. it's, but being open to the fact that there is a quote unquote rule way, but not getting bound to it, not getting gorilla yes. glued to those rules. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, I guess, picking up my <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> um, childhood stuff. So yeah. um, a lot of how we are now was our building blocks of our childhood, our environment, who our influencers were, whether it's in school or our own families. Um, that is a big component of the voice in our head, right? So music is a great example of this and I can personally speak on it. So building off of what you were saying was, so in school, I play viola and I started in third grade. And the reason I lacked creativity for so long was because in the school structure, you have to remember they're teaching hundreds of kids, right? So you have to have structure or else it's just gonna be, 200 kids improving. It doesn't, it can't have it. So um, we're creating structure and foundation and and teaching and 
But at the same time, how many times were we told when we were being creative or adding some swang or like what twang, I mean, and like just changing the scale a little bit or like, oh, it would sound cool if this song, like we did it like this. No, that's wrong. How many times are we told, no, that's wrong by our parents, our teachers. And it's so common in a school structure because you have to remember too, you're working as a team. So in that instance, it's wrong. But I think where they failed is not having improv younger or not allowing us to play and just it, even communicating whether they couldn't didn't have time in the schools because I know that's like a different curriculum completely and like there's budgets or whatever but even just communicating the concept of hey listen like you can go home and you can play and play with it and like if you want to show me like in the next lesson like what you came up with but just remember like in this school right now we are working as a team and that's why it has to be this way but this isn't the only way and no one ever told me that and so my entire life, even like playing, preparing for um, NISMA, which is like a statewide um, performance, you know, you're preparing your solo and then you go through and you practice it this way just so you can get the hundred percent at the end of the year. And like, it has to be done the way that we think that the composer wanted it. And there's, there was supposed to be, and I learned in college more of a flexibility and a creativity within that space. And I didn't learn that until college. And it's just, um, it just depends on who you're being taught by. So not allowing yourself to be bound by what you were taught. It's good to consider all perspectives. I am a huge believer in, don't make fun of me for saying <laughs> You heard that. She says huge, like a true New Yorker. There's no huge, like no H in it. It has like a huge, it's really funny. So it's a New Yorker thing. She definitely heard me psychically. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. But um, yeah, I'm a huge believer in listening to everybody, you know, like taking in everyone's perspective, because at the end of the day, all we have to offer is our perspective from what we've learned in the past and can offer to other people. It doesn't mean you need to listen and make that the rule of life, right? So that's something we weren't taught as kids either. So our parents are doing our best. We have to remember that our parents are teaching us from the place that they're in. Now that we're older, we see how much we don't have figured out. And imagine if we had kids right now, and we're just teaching them what we know right now, that's going to change in 10 years. So we're learning as we're growing a child. <laughs> and so that's where a lot of forgiveness comes in. And that's where, as we can grow to make our own decisions, we have to look back and say, okay, they said that I'm going to take this and run with it. I didn't like that so much. So I'm going to like shift this and mold it to make it my own, or I'm going to completely trash that idea. I didn't like it at all. And I think it's wrong and I'm going to do it this way. And that removing that expectation that was placed on you is a beautiful way to open yourself to make mistakes and try new things because all of life is just navigating and trying new things and finding you because all of us have to take our external environment and find ourselves. And then now we have unique experience that we can then share with the world, which is our perspective. Well, it's like owning nowadays. There's such a taboo to be unique, right? Everyone wants mm -hmm. the same nose. Everyone wants the same lips. Literally. Everyone wants, yeah, like the same outfit, the same type of hair, the same this. So embracing uniqueness is part of being a creative like powerhouse, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like instead of looking at like you're looking at the external world and you're like, oh, Kim Kardashian has this nose. So I need that nose. Like, no, like that's not where creativity lies. Like, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, she's beautiful. Right. But then you could be beautiful with like, why can't you be beautiful with a little bit of a hook nose? Right. Or like, <laughs> or just some, right. Like, why can't you be beautiful in your uniqueness? To mm -hmm. me, that's what makes someone beautiful is when they have some type of unique feature. And, you know, I, I think that 
we're starting to hopefully move in that direction. Yeah. But we, you know, it, I don't want to get lost in like, you know, how people should look and this and that, but uniqueness is part of authenticity at the end of the day. And be allowing yourself to just be unique. Like, you know what, this is how I am. This is how I look. And I'm going to walk into life like this and I'm going to own it. Right. But it's, you know, this is the hard part is because we're comparing, right? Like I have to look like the, not we, like you and I, but I mean, there's times too I've compared and that's when mm-hmm. I lose my art actually. Yep. It's, it's not that I've never have. If I, if I, I remember being in like an art class where I was drawing and I saw the person next to me, what they were drawing. And I just got so discouraged on the inside. I was like, Oh my God. But not realizing this person had like probably 15 years on me. Right. And like also just honoring where you are and, mm-hmm. you know, even though to you that art may have looked amazing, maybe, you know, for you, like in that moment that that was their time to shine. And then your time is going to be something different in a different medium. I'm very much about to playing in different mediums. I think that helps you yes. become a better artist to the thing, to whatever it is that you're, you're into. Cause you get inspired in a different way and travel mm-hmm. traveling helps creativity. Like yes. crazy. Yes. How many right. talks have we had while we were both on vacation, right? And we're like, we're going to go home and we're going to do this and this. And it, yeah, it opens some sort of portal and it's so magical. But let's talk about um, what you were just saying, inspiration versus creativity, because there is a place where we don't always have to reinvent the wheel, because if we're taking the approach of reinventing the wheel every single time, then that's intimidating, right? So we can be inspired by other people's work without copying, I think. Um, perception and interpretation and then sharing a new light on something is also very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, is when, like, if I go to a concert, let's say Billie Eilish, right. It inspires me to maybe write music, but not her music. Mm -hmm. Right. It inspires me in a place that connects to my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's where the creativity starts to emerge from. Right. It emerges from this like center space that you're, you just have to move from, but I don't go to a concert thinking I need to be Billie Eilish. I need to be just like her. I know better than that. I know that. But what she did is she inspired me to tap into myself in order to create magic like she created. And I know not everyone looks at that. Some people will go to a Billie Eilish concert and be like, I have to do exactly what she does. But for me personally, when I go to concerts, when I go to art shows, it inspires me to sit down and to do that art form, Mm -hmm. not to necessarily be them. Because I know that I will never be Billie Eilish. I'm not a conglomerate of her experiences. I'm a conglomerate of my own experiences with something unique to share. But I think true inspirers pull that from you. Like, oh, there's going to be like, I could find magic on yes. my own. Um, but if you're still in that stage where you need to be recognized by everybody and you need to be liked and validated, then you're going to go to insp- inspirers and just try to be them. And there's mm-hmm. nothing bad with mimicking in the beginning. But if you're doing that your entire creative career or entire life, then just know your art will fall flat. It's Mm -hmm. not going to evolve and there's going to be nothing tying it down. There's going to be no experiences to talk about with that, with that art form that you're expressing and everything is art. Even, you know, it doesn't have to be like, quote unquote, let's say, you know, painting or singing, right? Everything could be artistic. Even if you're a business person and you're doing like marketing's artistic, right? Or I'm sure numbers are artistic. I have no idea how I'm not very, (laughs) 
math, mathematical, but I'm sure, right. There's, there's mathematicians that created new formulas, right? Everything has art in it. So don't think in order to be creative, you have to start picking up a paintbrush or writing a story. Actually, whatever you're doing, you're already being creative. And that is that there's something magical in that when you tap into and tune into that frequency, because you could make what you're doing so much funner than what it probably is. I absolutely love that because I think business owners don't give themselves enough credit for being creative, but just for the sheer fact that they thought of an idea and a service that needed to be in existence and created it. That mm -hmm. alone is being creative. And then marketing is a perfect example. You have to find a way to show up different that stands out from everybody else. That's art. Of course it is. Absolutely. And um, yeah, so I love that. Not putting yourself in a box and saying like, oh, if I'm going to practice creativity, I have to pick up a paintbrush. Like, I don't want to paint. Okay, so don't paint. What calls to you? What do you want to try? And it's just allowing yourself to make mistakes. That's every artist makes mistakes and allows themselves to suck. Well, creating your life is creative, right? The life that you want to have is a form of art. Mm -hmm. What happens is, right, this is where your authenticity moves. Your, let's say your parents tell you, you have to do this X, Y, and Z with your life. And you follow that. That ruins your creativity. But just creating the life that you want. Let's say, uh, I want a house. I want this. That's part of the creative process. It doesn't have to be so much in a box. Mm -hmm. So if you think, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're thinking, okay, I need to I need to be create. I, you know, I, I want to find my creativity. Guess what? You've been creating for how many years that you've been on this planet. So you already are an artist. You already are creative, but to refine that art now it's order in order for you to start to tap into that authentic, you know, juice inside of you. And how do you get to that? And there's many techniques. I think going on a walk is a great technique to find yeah. your creative inspiration. I like to go for walks personally. I sometimes do the opposite in the beginning of what, let's say if I'm going to paint sometimes, okay, let me go for a run for whatever reason, it gets my mind out of the way. And then it comes from that center space, that body space, uh, you know, to find that vortex of creativity. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, talking to my friends, you know, like I have a core group of you guys that if I'm stuck, like I'll just call them. We'll have a beautiful mastermind conversation or just inspiring, or you guys will like pick me up again and be like, you got this, you know, even talking to people because now you're inviting that openness into your space and I meditating. I love the mo the movement, getting that energy moving, all of this. So I want to share a quote from a book that you were one of the people that suggested this. So for me, I know when a book is next is when a couple people say, oh, you should read this book. Oh, you should read this book. And Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert was one of those mm. books. She's who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And I love her writing style. She's super simple to read. She connects with you through words. So she's a perfect example. And I think the perfect person to have written this book. So here's the quote. Fear is always triggered by creativity because creativity axes you to enter into realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. This is nothing to be ashamed of. It is, however, something to be dealt with. So just not being afraid, <laughs> I think, is the, the constant theme, I think, throughout our conversation, right? And to use fear, right? So sometimes like like fear is very natural in our bodies, like it, like you can't not be afraid, but we have to learn to dive. We have to learn to merge with fear. 
and then to learn how to use it. Because in fear, in every emotion, anger, fear, sadness, there's there's like creative nuggets in that. But you know, when you're afraid, that's when you have to learn to, you don't have to, right? It's like a harsh word, but like it's important in the creative process is to soften into that fear and then see what's on the opposite side of that fear. Cause usually I think the opposite of fear is your potential. And that's what you're actually afraid of is moving into a space of success, moving into a space of different of, cause the void is unknown and the fear is what's going to come out of this. And then the second fear is how am I going to be judged? Usually, right? So mm -hmm. learning to just embrace that fear, like, fuck it, I am going to be judged, <laughs> right? Like, I, yeah, you're right. Like acknowledging that fear, you're right. I'm scared as hell. And then once you acknowledge it, it disappears. But it's when we're avoiding it, when we're like, oh no, I'm afraid. And then you push it away. Just acknowledge the truth. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so afraid that people aren't going to like me. Just the minute you admit it, it disappears. It loses its its vigor, it loses its strength. So I don't I love I love that quote. I think that quote is super deep and very valuable to exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah, and fear too, not allowing it to mask itself as remembering that maybe if it's coming off as fear, it just means we're passionate and we want it to work. There is that little butterfly fluttering that happens and we're like, wow, I really want to share this. How do I share it? You're opening a can of worms, right? If you're being vulnerable in any way, of course, people aren't going to agree with you. And you're just putting yourself out there in order to accept both sides. So, yes, but I think being passionate does arise emotions and it's it's a beautiful emotion as well. So fear can be beautiful, too. It's also scary being the container of energy coming in. It's overwhelming. It's like when I first started being like doing healing practices and you're feeling all these different sensations you've never felt before. And mm -hmm. when you allow that sacral creativity to finally expand, it's it's scary because it's you don't know what's going to have. You don't know what you're going to feel and what's going to be evoked and what energies are going to arrive. And it there is because your container is kind of it's used to certain energies you know, arriving. And now when you're creative, you just, boop, you open the door. So it's that, I understand why that's super, um, that's super intimidating. Absolutely. So I'm going to share one more quote from this book. I think anyone who's experiencing block, this book is a great place to start. Um, again, it's an easy read, but it is profound. It was a beautiful book. So I'm going to share um, one more. You have extraordinary treasures hidden within you. Bringing forth those treasures takes work and faith and focus and courage and hours of devotion. We simply do not have time anymore to think so small. I really like that. That's really nice. Yeah. I have I have another quote I'm going to share because um, so Charles Bukowski, he's one of my favorite poets. If you never heard about him before, he's absolutely incredible. And uh, his quote is, the way to create art is to burn and destroy ordinary concepts and to substitute them with new truths that run down from the top of the head and out of the heart. And I really, I always believe that true creativity comes from that heart space. In yoga, it said creativity is from your sacral, <laughs> but I actually really believe it comes, it comes out of you. I think it's from the sacral, which is right below your navel and comes up and out through your heart. So expressing things from your heart, from that truth spot, is um 
is it, that's how you know that you're in alignment with uh, the center of, of your artistic expression. I love that quote. I'm so big with opening your heart again, a vulnerable space. It's willingness to be vulnerable. You're standing out and doing things that most people are not willing to do. Yeah, It's in the, the, the quietness of your own home or whether you're willing to share it again, whatever your intention of the creativity is, there's no rule. And that's, what's so beautiful about every single art form is there isn't rules. There's foundation, but there's, there's no rules. And whether you're playing, um, even just to find your happiness again, we, we can talk about maybe some suggestions of how to open that portal. Um, I, for when I was in a funk, I was going through some personal stuff a couple of years ago. I forced myself, even though I was so down in the dumps to play Britney Spears in the morning and just get up and dance. It evolved to Camila Cabello and I loved her new album Familia that came out, but playing music and just allowing yourself to just dance around your house, you know, and then you'll be so surprised just by moving your body and doing something that you didn't feel like doing. Nobody's watching you. Who cares? You know, if you paint a picture, it's not getting hung in a gallery. Who gives a shit? Just go draw something, draw a stick figure, draw whatever, you know, and just remember that it's your perspective. I actually posted on my business page um, last week that it's never going to look like somebody else's when you create something, whether it's with your body or on a piece of paper. So um, I said this in regarding to websites and when you're hiring an artist, but you can tell a hundred different people to draw a sun and it's going to, you're going to get a hundred different suns. So it's just what you can bring to this earth and what you have inside of you deserves to be heard if you want to share it. So whether it's for yourself or it's for um, outward, you know, connection, that's your choice. But um, I believe for a happy life and a well-rounded life to tap into creativity because it's such a beautiful space to be in and to definitely not be afraid of it because the arts are amazing. I mean, the flow state is what you're really talking about, right? Yeah. How to tap in is like, yeah, for sure. Doing just dancing in your living room, right? Even if it's, or like I said, going for a walk before mm-hmm. finding some kind of flow state that helps you move out of your own way. Cause usually if the mind gets involved, the mind should be a tool. It shouldn't be the, the driving force of what you're doing. Cause once it's in the mind, the mind has all sorts of ideas, like, uh, you know, needs to be recognized or it needs to be liked or it needs to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. The mind, we have to start to learn how to use as a tool, but we create art from the heart, right? We create it from the sacral and moves out of the heart, talks through your heart. And that is, you know, finding that flow state is getting out of your own way. And there's so many, I mean, you could take a yoga class and then you'll probably be more creative after it. You could play soccer and, you know, or find someone else inspiring. There's many ways to tap into that that creativity. And I think also allowing yourself to go crazy. (laughs) Right. So hear me out with this. Um, There's a quote that another Charles Bukowski quote, he goes, some people never go crazy. What a horrible life they must live. Right. And that always hit me hard because you have to allow yourself to be a little kooky, right? Some artists, they're, they're out there. They're right. You don't have to be out there, but the way you think has to not, I always do that word have and have, I'm trying to change that. Well, other podcasts for that one but um if you could move beyond and and start to think not the way everyone else thinks right that's like where you use your mind like can you think in a way that nobody else thought about i 
I loved when I used to bring up ideas like my yoga wheel, right? I remember showing people this and I'm going to sell this around the world. And everyone's like, you're out of your mind. Why would that work? You know, even like my mother, there was just the first person to be like, that will never work. Go back to being a nurse. What are you doing? And I've learned now when I show ideas and people are kind of against them, I'm like, oh, this is, this is it. <laughs> right. Because you know that you're not thinking how everyone else is and you're a little bit of a head, right? Like these glasses, the amount of people that have texted me, where have you gotten them? They would have never gotten them if they were looking online because, you know, for me, I'm like, it, it's different and I'm going to try it, you know, it may not work, but let me try it out. And that's, you know, that's what makes you an artist. I think is just being willing to think not the way everyone else thinks. That's the yes. secret of being a trendsetter is just, you know what? Like that looks a little weird. I don't really like, I don't know if I would look good on it at it, but like, let me try it. Right. Like with fashion or whatever it is. So yeah, being willing to not think like everyone else and to try something new, right? Mm -hmm. Like the fanny pack, I've been wearing that shit for like <laughs> years. Right. Yep. And then all of a sudden everyone like the fanny pack became in, I'm like, please, like I got that shit back by like, you know, watching it's a nice movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't wait until it was a trend. Yep. I waited until like my heart was like, I want a fanny pack. I don't, I don't want to. Right. And then to look for one was you had to find on Etsy, like old school, you know, mm -hmm. vintage because it didn't even exist yet. But it's because I wanted to wear it. I thought there was a use for the fanny pack. But, you know, and then five years later, all of a sudden it's like cool on Urban Outfitters. But that's a way to step out of your creative, you know, block is not thinking the way everyone else thinks and going crazy. Allow yeah. yourself to be a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Steve Harvey um, talked about um, speaking to idea killers, right? And being careful with sharing your ideas and oh, yeah. a great perspective about God spoke to you, not them. And so even if you share your idea, they're never going to feel it in their heart like you feel it because it's for you. So mm -hmm. when you're sharing ideas with people and they're coming across as unsupportive or they're just not getting your vision, it doesn't mean it's a bad idea. So running with it, if it's in your heart, because no one's really going to get it until you paint the full picture. And maybe even it wasn't for the person that you told, you know, like not everybody is your customer and not everybody is your community. So just because one or two people in your immediate circle or someone you shared it with online said, oh, that's a bad idea. It doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It's just not for them. And they also maybe are not seeing what you see. And that's totally fine. And they can be jealous too. Jealous. I mean, like the amount of people that are jealous when you create something that they never thought of before. And, and that's the energy they're coming out. It's their own energy they need to work on, but mm -hmm. being creative, I've been like, I've, I've never not been creative in my life. I've had blocks, but I feel like I've experienced that where when you start to create there's this jealousy because you're tapping into an energy they don't know how. And it's a fear too that it, let's say you start creating something. It's a fear that you're going to succeed once they see that. Like, oh my goodness, this person's going to succeed in what they're doing. And and then it makes them feel smaller. So because it makes because they're not going for their own creativity. Right. So sometimes you could be a creative inspirer. And like I said, other people, if they're feeling low about themselves, they won't be inspired. They'll do the opposite and then they'll try to put you down. Yeah. But in reality, and then it, it could block you if you're like you said, expressing your ideas and then you're around people that are a little bit jealous of you. They're not going to support you. They're going to be like, no, that's not going to work. Right. Or sometimes people, it won't work because it didn't work for them. 
but it doesn't mean it wouldn't work for you in the way that you're expressing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So for sure, like people come up to me for advice. I'm like, take it or leave it because for my yoga studio, certain things didn't work because how I express it, but maybe it'll work for you. Yeah. The way you express it. It's not absolute. Nothing's absolute. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a great conversation. I think um, creativity needs to be tapped into more. Um, All I could say is just don't be afraid to play, try new things. Um, Don't worry about how it's received. Always just be you write, draw, dance, walk, anything. I don't know. Like, what are some suggestions that you have like yoga? Oh my gosh. Can you please quickly get into energy yoga? So we are breaking (laughs) what is normally radical movement, right? And I hope to God one day it is not radical because it is the most beautiful way to move your body. So please speak about energy yoga. Well, you know, it's funny. I've been on like Instagram and TikTok now. I see it like people are starting to use these techniques and these techniques have been around for ages, but they're just starting to become popular, like shaking, tapping, scream therapy. And you just blend it all into this magical yoga class with fun music. And it's about uh, usually anybody that takes the class, like they come out crying and really just like feeling their authentic self, getting their minds out of their way. And that's to me, that's what that class is about is getting out of your head and back into your body because the body it's connected to source, right? Like you're not making your heart beat. You're not making your lungs breathe. Something else is doing that, right? When, when you're inhaling, you're inhaling this magical life force. It's coming in and it's just dispersing and that's in your body. Of course, your mind's a part of the body, but really the body, 95% of it is where all your creativity is, right? This is the direction. This is like shows you which direction to go in the mind. But when it comes to the body, it's where all the resources are because as you inhale, right? It goes into your lungs, not into your mind. It travels to your mind eventually, but really you're inhaling this, you know, this force, this prano, whatever it is that you want to call. And then it, you know, moves throughout. So what we're doing is when we're shaking, when we're screaming, we're letting, we're getting out the bottled up energy in our heads. We're releasing it. And then we could finally tap into what our bodies want. Because again, art to me comes from your heart. Mm-hmm. It comes from the depth of, you know, your core, your sacral rises up and then it's expressed. So yes, energy yoga is amazing. And maybe we'll um, put one on a YouTube channel one day That's <laughs> and idea. you could try it out. We'll just make fools of ourselves on camera and include the dance break because there's a point too in the class that you added that um, is evolved um, that you just play music real loud, dim the lights and just let everyone express via movement. And for somebody that's breaking into this space for the first time, mm-hmm. there is a point where you're like, yeah, mm, okay, cool. Like this is awkward. I don't want to like, where's my hair look like? Who's look? No one's looking at you. Everyone's worrying about their own movement. Your eyes are closed. And when you just release and listen to the music and move how you want to move, that's that freedom that we're talking about that needs to be found. That's that release. That's that no expectation. And that's where the beauty is. And that's where you really discover and find yourself and allowing yourself to be in that space. Oh my God. It feels so good. I wish it for everybody. I have had people, I have had people actually in a funny way, um, talk about how that class made them feel. I never took LSD, but they were like, I felt like I just took a round of LSD and I'm like, that is amazing. That's spectacular that you feel that way. So, you know, 
we'll we'll do one of those classes one day and sarah and i have every intention when this podcast gets bigger because it will get bigger um when it gets bigger to do some retreats so that'll be part of our creative finding and seeking um retreats so uh, yeah, no, it's been a really good time today and I have had a lot of fun. I could probably go on for another three hours about creativity and I'm sure you can as well. Um, so thank you everyone for joining us for this uh, week's podcast on what it is to be creative. Thank you guys. See you next week.